time to reveal our final Double Game Week teams. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, we are back again before Game Week 30. This podcast, we're not going to be talking about our strategies per se, we'll go into it a little bit, but we'll mainly be talking about the teams and the options in terms of players. So we'll be going over the Double Game Week teams, the players we have and the ones to consider, Champions Elect and the fight for European spots, the relegation battle, who is on the beach, our double game week strategy and our final teams. Okay, welcome back listeners to the 172nd episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We are recording on Sunday the 14th of June 2020. Iceman here again, back for the second podcast before the restart. We've already recorded a podcast going over the rules, uh, the Bundesliga, how that's getting on and what strategy, the options into Game Week 30. But we didn't go over the players, who to choose from every team and thoughts going forward. So thought we would do that in this episode. No Stefan this week, but we are blessed with two great guests. We have Josh Paxman. He has nine top 20k finishes, six top 10k finishes and four top 3k finishes with his highest being 516th and we have rich davis aka flapjack fpl on twitter he has four top 10k finishes and his highest being 2214 welcome to the podcast guys i'll uh, i'll come to you first josh last time i saw you you had a few drinks at the FPL meetup and you were moaning about when Lundstrom scored 21 points and was on your bench as Pep brought Otamendi on for one minute who you started. Are you looking forward to more of this? Let's hope there's uh, no long walks like there was that day. I had to go and get some air after that. Oh, uh, you, oh, my... you do what Stefan does. He goes for a walk in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just said to the missus, I'm going for a walk. Oh, and nice. uh, just went out and, um, oh, it was it was dreadful. And I think I saw uh, a tweet come up from um, one of the, um, the sort of uh, Man City correspondents um, and it said, and it said, um, <laughs> City are now trying to get on Otamendi. And I just oh, thought, no, no. God. And I was literally watching the clock. And then on he came, one minute, one point, 20 points lost because Lundstrom was on the bench. <laughs> Nightmare. Hey, how are you getting on oh. this season so far? Where are you at the um, it's, If I'm honest with you, it's been my worst season ever. So lagging at 195k at the moment. So um, not great. But we've got nine game weeks to go, and I've got um, th- you know wild card free hit and bench boost. So um, onwards and upwards. Yeah, and we'll come to that as we get into the pod. I'm not going to list where I am in conjunction to you. Anyway, Rich, last time I saw you was at the same FPL meetup. You were also drunk, and we sang a song together. Are you going to miss singing songs at the games when football restarts? Um, I will. I mean, I guess I could stand outside the Medeski um, and sing a few songs. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a different experience, isn't it? Yeah. Watching football. yeah, it's okay though. Sky are going to play the crowd noise, which is well, going to yeah. be riveting. Uh, That'll make that... up for it. It would have been England-Croatia today as well. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I wonder how many people are actually going to take that up, like listening to the crowd noise. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> anyway, nice to, nice to have you on. Where are you at the moment overall? Um... I'm 65,000, so I'd slowly crawled up to about 30,000, and then that final game week, you know, where half of it was called off, just destroyed my rank. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be just trying to crawl back up again. 
<laughs> yeah, that destroyed me as well. So I'm in the in the same boat. Hopefully, we can uh, work out some good players to go for on this podcast. But I'm just going to list our our patrons. Thank you again to all of our patrons. We do have a new patron, Mark Mansfield, has joined at the Slack level. So thank you to him. We also have to mention Andy Portlock, Vince Paul, Ron Fosk, who are pledging at the highest tier today. Get an extra special mention. So okay, we're going to go back to the topics now. Okay, so double game week teams and the players we have and the ones to consider. So I'm going to come to Man City first. Obviously, we know that uh, the teams which are playing in the double game week are Man City, Arsenal, Villa and Sheffield United. So Man City as a team and their options. Obviously, we know they're going to score loads of goals. It just depends who's going to do it. And we also know that they're more than likely going to keep a clean sheet in one of these games. But we just don't know who to choose from. Uh, Josh, I'm going to come to you first. Who at the moment do you have in your team for game week 30? And who are the ones do you think we should consider? Uh, personally, Phil, you've got to go for three attackers. Um, yeah. I think they're two great home games. And, you know, I think why not have three tickets to uh, the attacking players than, than be worrying about whether they're going to keep a clean sheet or not. Um, I've got KDB, Mares, and Aguero because I'm playing the bench boost. I think really the only way you can really get Sterling is if you're free hitting. I think if you're bench boosting and you want to get Sterling, you're not really going to be able to spread your funds as easily. Interesting. I have I have seen a couple of bench boosting teams with Sterling in. I mean, like, I'm looking at free hitting, but I do think having Sterling isn't necessarily an option just because you're bench boosting. What do you reckon that Mahrez is definitely going to start? What are your, what are your thoughts on his starting prospects? I think um, the way that I'm looking at it is I personally think KDB and Aguero are as essential as you can get for this week. Then for the third one, for me, it's it, it's between those two, Mahrez and Sterling. I think if you're going to captain Sterling, then by all means, go for it. I mean, he's first out of all midfielders for underperforming his um, expected goal involvement for this season. We know he he's, you know, posts some amazing numbers and is very, very due. But I think, yeah, if you're captaining him, go for it. Otherwise, I'd rather take the three million um, and go for Mares, who I think is such an exciting option. Probably won't get quite as many minutes of Sterling but I think he can do as much if not more in the minutes that he gets he also I don't ever have that fear with Mares like I do with Sterling of you know is he going to get pushed out on the left be hugging the touchline I don't get that fear with Mares when Mares plays he's absolutely in the thick of the attacking all the time yeah I I can hear you on that one. The only thing, I'm going to bring you into this, Rich, because I know you're free hitting and I just want to, who have you got at the moment, Rich? Just, just let me know. Uh, see, I'm going for Aguero, Sterling and De Bruyne. I mean, they were the, that's where I started with the whole thing. I picked the three city players. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be the same if you bench boost. I'd go just go for the... They've got the best fixtures. They're the best team. Yeah, my, so my, I almost think work backwards. Yeah, the thing is I've got with Mahrez, I know people are looking at Mahrez and saying that his points per million and his points per game are well above anyone else, etc. But not really paying attention to that. I mean, I'm looking at the last six game weeks they've actually played. And Sterling has only played four of them. And he's got... 13 attempts, 11 in the box, whereas Mahrez has played five of them, only 
only eight attempts for in the box. So when Mahrez does play, I think he needs those big chances to score. And he does tend to get them. I just don't think he gets as many chances as Sterling gets, per se. I also think that Sterling's probably younger, fitter, and is going to be raring to go come the season. I do think that he's going to start both. I know they've got options in, in Sane, Mahrez, Silva. You know, they've got loads of options to replace him. But I do think that he's going to start both of them. So what other thoughts on Mahrez do you think over Sterling then, other than that he's cheaper and you, you think he's going to get some minutes then? That, that, that is really pretty much it. I mean, I'm bench boosting and, and obviously you guys, I know both, Richard just said he's free hitting and I presume you're still free hitting as you as you said on, on the last podcast, James. Um, but for me, it's it's that if you're, if you're bench boosting, that three million can go a long way in terms of obviously one making, you, you know, your bench a lot stronger and I want to I wanna get, you know, as maximum points as possible from my bench um, for this week. Um, and, and, and I'd never have considered captain in Sterling. It's always going to be either KDB or Aguero. I think Sterling is, is the differential captain choice for this week. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a high risk, high reward. You know, 40% of the game will go KDB, 40% Aguero and 20% amongst others. But yeah, I think there's, there's no real major argument. It's not that. I mean, I can never predict Pep. I can never predict the, the, no the minutes can. they'll play. <laughs> yeah. It could be as simple as Arsenal, it's Sterling and Mahrez. And Burnley, it's 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 Sané and, and Bernardo Silva. It, it could literally be as simple as that. But I think the great thing is with the nine substitutions, of which obviously five can come on, that I think that that enhances Mahrez as a pick more than it did before. Yeah. I think it depends what you'll be getting out of that extra, what is it, two or three million as well? Because, I mean, I, Sterling's the most explosive player out of the two by far. I mean, he's proven that, you know, for a couple of seasons now, maybe prior to this year, for England as well. Um, I think if Price was no object, you'll, you'd go Sterling over Mares. So I guess it depends where you're going to spread those funds. I mean, for example, if you're just doing Urzel over Saka, is it really worth losing that you know that high ceiling on on the best team? Um, I mean, that's why I've worked backwards with that. I've chosen the three City players I want. Yeah, I like that. And then I've spread the team around that because <clears throat> um, I could I could captain Sterling, Aguero, or K- KDB. Honestly, I wouldn't mind which one it was. Um, but I don't think I'd even consider Mares. Um, yeah. I do get what Josh is saying. I do get what he's saying. And it's just for me, I've started with City. I've gone for the best three. Yeah, it's fair, I, fair points yeah. from both of you. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I like the way you've gone, grabbed the, the best assets first and then gone backwards. I think that is a good idea to look at. Let's come to Aguero on this then. Um, obviously, he's got the stats. He's, he's one of the best strikers in the league, has always been for a while. But <clears throat> his starting spot is always under question. But you look at the last six matches that he's started in, he's played all six, so that is promising. Jesus is in there. Is Pep going to think, maybe I'm going to play Jesus now and it's his time, he's younger, fitter, and he's going to be ready for next year. Who knows? But I know that Aguero has mentioned that uh, he... He didn't want to come back and play, but whether or not he's changed his mind or not, I don't think we've heard from him. So what about him? What about his assurance of start? So come to you then, Rich, on Aguero. Um, I mean, that that raises a good point, actually, because I think Sterling is more nailed than Aguero, for example. So maybe look you could look at Sterling, Mares, and KDB over Aguero. I guess the issue is everyone loves Aguero. I mean, he's what he scored a hat-trick against Arsenal last season in a double game week. Um, don't mention that no (laughs) but I mean that's the that's the kind of thing he can do um 
So I think I'd, I'd rank Sterling above Aguero in terms of you know when you know how I'd slide them into my team. Yeah. But I still I wouldn't have the guts to go without Aguero. <laughs> yeah. See, I I have looked at. I'm just I'm looking at it as oh maybe Aguero is not going to start all the games, even if he doesn't. Even if he gets like thirty in each, it's still Aguero playing in a really good Man City team and they it's Arsenal and we are not good defensive well I say we're not good defensively but we are I I did find out some stats on on Arsenal we've conceded the least amount of goals in 2020 alongside Sheffield United not that that means much because I think we've got quite lucky in a lot of those games so I wouldn't necessarily read too much into that but we yeah they are playing Arsenal and and they, they are playing Burnley so another tough defence but City can get through anyone so you think that even if he gets 60 minutes Aguero that he's going to get some chances and there are going to be some goals the low minutes is a great point because I think it was against um, there was a game where he scored off the bench I think he needed what 23 minutes away at Sheffield United yeah first game back at the start of the season I think he, he did as well he scored a penalty yeah he did yeah and he played yeah what 20 minutes or so mm. so I mean, he doesn't need many minutes you're right So although I don't think he'd be on penalties oh why not well, De Bruyne took the last one, didn't he? Mm. I think that looks more likely. I mean, there was there was even Aguero talks, wasn't there though. Aguero wasn't on the pitch. No, but he. I think there was even talks of because he's missed a few before, hasn't he? Aguero, uh, yeah, and yeah he has. Yeah, and there were talks of even Edison taking them. So I think I was just wishy washy pep chat. But <laughs> um, <laughs> what were your thoughts then, Josh? Any, any more further thoughts on Aguero and starting spot, etc.? I think. Um... I think Rich nailed it. Um, it's a scary thought going without Aguero, and that's yeah. why I couldn't not have him. I do, I do like what what Rich said a minute ago about KDB Mares Sterling again because I'm bench boosting. That's a, from a budget perspective is fine. I couldn't personally go KDB Sterling Aguero because it would make my bench too weak. Um, but yeah, I think I think hit the nail on the head in terms of yeah, scary going without him. And in terms of starts, I, you know, we've seen that typically Pep prefers Aguero at home, Jesus away, typically. Now, I personally think that with game week 31's fixture away to Chelsea, I think that's got Jesus written all over it. And then I think game week 32 at home to Liverpool has got Aguero written all over it. So I I do, I've got a feeling and you know, predicting Pep is a tough thing to do, but I think we we could see two starts for Aguero in, in, in 30 and then Jesus and then back to Aguero because I think that, that, that fits the fixtures better in terms of what Pep's done in the past. Yeah, it sounds, sounds very logical. It sounds like you might be onto it, but <clears throat> again, who knows? It is Pep. Let's, let's move on to the defence quickly then. Obviously, they are, they've still got a great defence in terms of stat. Last for shots conceded, shots on target conceded, and big chances conceded in the last six. It's just who to choose. Obviously, we know that Edison is going to be the only nailed player in the actual whole team, in my opinion. There isn't really anyone else. I wouldn't really touch Laporte, Laporte because you can't trust whether or not he'll get both games you, you would think he'll get about 60 minutes but whether or not he'll get up to 60 minutes is another question you know you've got to get the fitness back and the match fitness so what about going Edison any thoughts on on going him or not or are you just all out on the attack and just going to maximize on the goals that they're guaranteed to score uh like I said a minute ago I think that the um you know it's, it's three attackers for me um it is a bit of a lottery as to where the points are going to come from but I want three tickets including my captain 
looking at Edison, I mean, if I'm brutally honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the likes of Henderson or Leno outscored him in the game week or at least matched him. It's just a complete waste of a City spot. I think Laporte's more interesting. He's got an amazing history in double game weeks. Quite often pops up with a goal in a double game week and, and, and did last season. But yeah, my uh, my my issue would be how much of the game is he going to play? Is he going to get pulled off before 60? I just couldn't watch it hoping for a clean sheet. Right, it, This game's supposed to be having fun and for that reason I'd, I'd, I'd want yeah three attackers personally yeah rich anything more no i mean i'm mean, I, exactly the same thoughts really i yeah. think edison's is a waste of a spot i mean it's hard enough picking what three out of those four so to only nail it down to two attackers i couldn't do it for a goalie yeah Let, let's move on to the the team that they're playing first then arsenal my beloved they have played in a couple of friendlies six nil versus charlton lacazette abamyang and ketia got three and willock Got one. They also played against Brentford where they lost 3-2, where Willock and Lacazette scored. So they have been in practice, whether or not they're going to do very well against City. What do you reckon about their assets for this double game and going forward, Rich? Um, so for me, Leno, I think he's the clear goalkeeping choice. I mean, you touched obviously earlier on the defensive stats of Arsenal. And I was quite surprised. I mean, I looked at since Arteta took over, I think it was the Boxing Day game against Bournemouth. And in that time, only Man United and Liverpool have conceded less goals. Leno's also putting up quite a lot of saves. He seems to be nailed as well. So I think Leno seems like a, a bit of a no-brainer. Beyond that, I'm actually I'm actually struggling. Aubameyang seems very, very popular. Obviously, he's a talisman and he's probably nailed for both games. And he's on penalties. He's just very, very expensive and I'm not going to captain him. So I think I'm going to go with him, but it's purely to you know, to protect myself because he let everyone down in the last double game week that became a single game week. He's been playing like like left back and stuff a lot. Um, <laughs> so Leno's the only one I'm definitely going for. Aubameyang probably. And then you touched on all those other guys that rotate. It's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? See, a lot of people are veering away from Aubameyang and I'm not quite getting it. I mean, he's guaranteed to play f- both games and he's playing against Brighton. Like, I do think he's a captain option. He's playing both. People, I think people are trying to be clever thinking that he's probably going to let us down, but he's a quality player. He can score against anyone. He's got a ceiling, which a lot of other players do not have. And he's got two games. I think you put him in and you forget about it, in my opinion. Uh, agree with Rich on that. Yeah, Leno's Leno's a lock for me. I think he's a great option for this. Um, probably the goalkeeper of choice. I'd say number one in, in in the sense that you know whatever you're doing with your team, it allows you to have more Sheffield United players out pitch rather than using up a spot on Henderson. I think Abamyang is someone I started off with when I started doing my drafts and now I'm yeah gradually veering away from because <laughs> I've never been a massive fan I don't yeah I think Rich touched on his positioning I don't really like his positioning and he's just someone that they've got a great fixture 32 at home to Norwich but I don't think I feel that confident even then about captain him and that's a crazy crazy thing to say but I don't know I just um did you realize he scored more than Aguero this season would you actually captain him <laughs> I know you said he's an option. I've considered it. Yeah, I, I do. I'm actually quite tempted by it. Wow. He's definitely an option for me. 
We're playing Brighton. I know we're playing City, but we he can still score. He's scored against City before. Um, or has he? He didn't, <laughs> score, against, <laughs> he didn't <laughs> score against West Ham, did he? I think maybe that's clouding my judgment. That, that, that might be it, yeah. And, yeah, he, he doesn't always perform. Like I said in the last pod, he has got a high ceiling, but he's probably got a low floor as well. You can't... Not necessarily trustworthy, but he can always pull off a brace in any game. And he's playing a weak team. You can go for players like Lacazette or Nketiah and they might not get the minutes, whereas you know he's going to get the minutes. And Arsenal are going to score some goals within this double game week. And he's more than likely going to score at least one of them or so. So that's kind of my thinking. I just think it's the it's 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 the again it's the price tag. It's a similar situation to Sterling. He's obviously slightly cheaper than Sterling, but it's like if you're gonna captain him, great. But I wouldn't wouldn't even consider it. It's definitely a Man City player for me this week. And if you're not gonna captain him, would you would you wanna have him or would you rather spread the funds elsewhere? And again, for me on the bench boost, I'd rather spread the funds elsewhere, I feel. I think the other thing is as well, yeah, you look at the Brighton game and go, that's an easy game, but they're fighting for their lives. They're going to be absolutely pumped for that first game at home against Arsenal, who will be a bit tired because they've got the shortest turnaround of all four double gaming teams going from Wednesday to Saturday. They'll probably rotate a bit. Obviously, yeah, not Aubameyang, but a number of the other players will, will rotate. So I, I would fancy Brighton to give them a really good game there. And for that reason, I... I I just don't think that the value's there for this game week, um, personally. Maybe with a a cheap one. Like, if we looked at, like, Nketiah or Saka, for example. I mean, I know they're not nailed, but they're cheap, aren't they? (laughs) That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're cheap for a reason. Mm. Yes, it's a difficult one. It's just a Bamiyang. I'm going to go with him because I'd be scared not to, but... It's, it's not something I'm excited about with him either. Like I think I'd actually probably get more excitement from going with it, like someone like Nketiah just because no one has him. But I'm not bench boosting, so I think it would be a bit mad for me to use up a striker spot on him. I think if you're on a free hit, Aubameyang's a no-brainer, personally. But I just, for me, it's just, yeah, I'd rather rather spend the money elsewhere. I'd rather just have two premiums in uh, KDB and Aguero and just absolutely max the rest of my team. Yeah, squad, I should say. Well, the two main options are obviously Aubameyang and Leno, the reasons that we've said. There are other options in terms of Lacazette and Ketia. Ozo is an option and Saka, but they're not confident options. You don't look at them and think, oh yeah, we're going to get some real big points out of this. So, you know, choose them at your peril, really. Mm. Um, but they are still options for me, so I'm considering all of them. Anyway, so let's move on to the next team then. So... Aston Villa, they've played a friendly against West Brom. Grealish scored a great goal and Davis also scored. Grealish, yeah, he's the talisman for them. Last six top for attempts for Villa on 13, 10 in the box, but none of them were big chances. Created 16 chances, uh, four big chances, and he's got an XGI of 2.03, which is the highest. So he's the best player to go for there. I think more or less nearly every team are going to have him. I'm not too keen on the other options now, knowing about their defence being, you know, they've conceded the most big chances in the last six on 23 and a third for shots on target conceded as well. They haven't got a great defence, regardless of whether they've been absent or not. I think that they're not easy games for them. They're playing Sheffield United and Chelsea. I'm 
moving away from all of their defence, including Reyna. McGinn, not really match fit for me, so I can't really go to El Ghazi. is so hit and miss. Samata was the only one that I'd, I'd really consider, but I don't know enough about him to, to trust that. What about you, Josh? Come to you on this one. I think yeah, you've made you named the main the main uh, assets there. I think if we get something from the manager in the press conference as to whether Rayner or Nyland will start in goal, I think I'll definitely go for one of those two as my other keeper with Leno. They've got to bring Rayner up simply because he had quite a bad case of coronavirus. Now I don't know whether that's going to work against him in terms of his conditioning or for him in the sense that he's really pumped and he's, you know, giving them some great team talks and uh, in training and whatnot. I don't know that they are battling relegation is a lot to put on the shoulders of Nyland, who's a very young and experienced keeper when you've got someone like a Rainer there in terms of the defense. Yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't really go near any of them, but if I was I'd probably just go for Mings purely because he's, he's nailed, and then, yeah, Grealish is a lock. I actually think outside of the City boys, I think Grealish is probably the um, the other potential captain option. Ooh. Just two home games and he's going to play 90 minutes both games. Yeah. I think McGinn is really interesting. Um, I, I love him as a footballer. I think he's class. He's definitely got an eye for goal. Interesting stat. He In, in game weeks um, 1 to 17, um, before he got injured, uh, he had the same number of goal attempts as Sadio Mane. 38 goal attempts. Obviously, you know, a few more from outside the box and inside the box. But it gives you an idea of the sort of shot volume that McGinn has. And then I think, yeah, Samata. Samata's definitely a little bit of a, a punt, but... You know, he's, he's not done badly since he's uh, since he's arrived. He scored in the League Cup final against City. Um, he scored one in his four league games. He's got a good goal scoring record, and and by the sounds of things, he's he's the he's the man who's going to lead them in attack every every game. So I think I think there's some good options there. Really, again, it's probably if you're free hitting, it's Grealish. If you're bench boosting, you're probably going to go for more than one. Okay, Rich. Yeah, I'm I'm not a massive fan fan of Villa myself there's there's two double game week teams I like there's two that I don't like Villa are one of the two that I, I'm not that keen on I mean you guys have nailed it obviously Grealish you have to have him the goalkeepers we don't know the situation I think defender wise I'd look at target if I was going to gamble he's quite attacking um, he play, does play quite far forward he's pretty nailed I wouldn't say he's 100% nailed but I'd be getting him in as a lottery ticket for the double game week if I went for someone like target um, yeah, he's, he's top four like, chances yeah. created over the last six for them for defenders. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the obviously you get the minus points for conceding, <laughs> um, and I could see there being a few. I mean, it yeah. it could be potentially it could be worse than Duffy Duncan that lot in the double game week last year. Is it last year? Uh, yeah, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Don't last year. Don't remind me about yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could, so it could oh. be worse than that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, right, let, let's move it on to Sheffield United then. So Josh can come to you again on this one. I know you've got some stuff to say. I know they've played uh, a friendly against Hull Fleck Zikovic. Uh, Lundstrom scored two. So uh, everyone's ramping on about Lundstrom now and saying they, they must get him in. But he's still got a question mark over his starts. So what are your thoughts on Sheffield United? I think personally, three defenders is the best choice. I don't want to use a spot up on Henderson when I can just have Leno and either Rayner or Nyland. For me, the three of choice would be Baldock, Lundstrom and O'Connell. Everyone will rave about Ender Stevens, and he's probably the one that's got the best stats, but I feel he's got more competition 
for his spot than than Bullock on the other side. Um, there's a guy called Ben Ben Osborne who's quite a good deputy to him, and I think it could work two ways. It could mean that he's brought off early and then secures a clean sheet, or he's brought off before sixty and doesn't. But it also could mean that he misses the second game because they just want to keep things fresh. Bulldog's got less competition. As for the other defenders, got got quite a good good theory here in terms of XG and defenders underperforming their XG for the season. O'Connell's actually second amongst all defenders. Egan is sixth amongst all defenders. Norwood, midfielder, who is uh, on most set pieces, is actually second for underperforming his XA for all midfielders. So essentially, for me, I'm looking at that and going, well, O'Connell and Egan are getting on on the end of a lot of the set pieces. They're clearly due some set piece goals and haven't had as many as they should have had uh, across the season. And the teams that are uh, the top two for conceding chances from set pieces for the season are the two opponents in double game week, <laughs> Aston Villa and Newcastle. So if I was a betting man, that'd be quite a good uh, a good punt to put on, uh, you know, a goal from a set piece in both of that games for, uh, for for Sheffield United. And then the other the other player I wanted to touch on, who's probably the the other popular pick, is is Fleck. You know, I was I was quite keen on because he's he's done well. You know, he's 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 scored some decent goals. He actually got a brace um, against Villa um, at home, which is all great. But then I delved into some of the stats and realised he's he's forty first amongst all midfielders for shots in the box, um, and that's and, and he's had less shots in the box than McGinn, who's who's missed the last twelve game weeks. Hmm. He's twenty third for big chances amongst midfielders, and he's also overperforming his xG. He's he's got five goals, and according to the stats, uh, he should have three. He's overperformed in terms of his his season really. Okay, and last six, he's actually got eight attempts over the last six game weeks, which is joint second with Lundstrom for all of Sheffield United players. But yeah, interesting. Uh, you didn't mention any of their strikers. So I'm going to come to you, Rich. What What's your thoughts on Sheffield? Um, I, I'm going to talk about McBurney. I just wanted yeah. to touch on what Josh said. Obviously, it was very, very comprehensive and brilliant. Osborne, I, Ben Osborne, I saw him play in, in a game probably about a month before the season ended. He looked like the best player on the pitch. And that actually does worry me about Stevens. I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm not a football scout, um, but it would worry me. I mean, he did look very, very good. But the strikers, I think I'm going to go for McBurney. Um, over over someone like Samata. I mean, I guess the downside is you can only have three Sheffield United players, and I'd love to have four or five of them. <laughs> but the stats from McBurney look incredible. I mean, last six games, top four for penalty box touches. He's top 10 for shots, eighth for shots in the box. And XA-wise, uh, it's like six times better than Samata. So I think McBurney, and he's 0.1 cheaper than Samata as well. I'm genuinely, I'm, I think I'm about 90% sure I'm going to go for McBurney. I'm so glad you're on board. He's a player which I've been looking at as well because I looked at the stats for Sharp and Lundstrom and Fleck and Sharp's only got six shots within the last six game weeks but McBurney's on 15 and they're all in the box and five of them have been big chances. So I know that the Prince has shouted how good he'll be for for them when he was on the interview with me. So he likes him and uh, I am due to have another 
conversation with him so i'll find out a little bit more about if he's starting or not so hopefully he will <clears throat> yeah he, he's in my team at the moment whether or not he'll stay out, i don't know because there are other options I, I have flicked between mcburney and fleck in my team and just chopping and changing between the city assets as well so yeah it is a consideration those stats kind of make me want to keep him as well but like you were saying with sheffield united you can almost pick any assets can't you because there's so many to choose from all of them. I mean, that probably the only one I wouldn't go for is McGoldrick. Um, <laughs> I guess the, the only downside with the strikers, I guess we should touch on it, is they have four of them and they seem to sub around the 60th minute. They tend to take both strikers off. That seems to be the most highly rotated position for them. That's the only bit that makes me a bit nervous. You could end up with a one-pointer, but the stats, the stats look so good. It's just so tempting. It would be fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Any more thoughts on that, Josh? No, just the just same as what Rich said about the the, um, the competition for the striker spots. Not, you know, I think McBurney and Sharp are probably there two two at the moment. But it's more of you know them getting reduced minutes and getting brought off. And Wilder likes to always freshen up the legs, especially with five subs now. He's going to be all over it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you yeah. on the on the free players as well. I mean, like uh, I did have a look as well in terms of stats. We all know how well they've done defence, but they've still recent form. I know you can't really go from form because we've had such a break. But last six, they are second to Man City for least amount of shots on targets conceded. So yeah, I kind of agree that can be a good option to go for as well. Right, let's move on to the second topic now because we spoke a lot about them, so we have to breeze through these. So topic number two then is Champions Elect which is obviously Liverpool and the fight for European spots so we're going to go through the Liverpool team briefly obviously we know all the assets there in terms of uh, Trent and Robertson and VVD Salah Mane even Firmino there are many options to choose from a lot of people are going to have Salah and uh, Trent in their team or even Mane so it's whether or not they keep them and whether or not they transfer them out for this double game week and then bring them back in on their wildcard whether or not they can do that if you're unable to bring them back then I would really consider you know free hitting instead Rich I'm going to come to you first on this one what are your thoughts on the Liverpool players and, and keeping them for this double game week and then going forward when we first found out we got unlimited free transfers I, I did look at doing a, a, a team you know, a, a good double day, game week team with no Liverpool players. And then I thought maybe I'll try and get through a couple of weeks without them. But I mean, really, I think that's that's madness. I think you have to have two of them, maybe even still three of them. And then, I mean, we could look if they start to rotate at removing them maybe from game week 32, 33, 34. But I think for now, beyond this double game week, I'd want to have them for a couple of weeks, you know, see if they actually do start rotating players. Because... I mean that it could completely destroy your season. You know, if you if you get Liverpool winning six seven nil, um, yeah. season could literally be destroyed. I mean, look at, look at what Trent did on Boxing Day, for example. Um, sorry to bring that up. Yeah, sharp. But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I w- I wouldn't feel comfortable not having not having those Liverpool players. I, I'm not saying I'm going to keep. I'm not saying they're season keepers. But I think for now, after this double game week's done, you want to have your team with at least one or two in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's one of the reasons why I'm looking at the free hit over the unlimited transfer. I mean, like Salah, I just 
kind of need him in my team at the moment. I, I looked at the stats within the last seven. I know I keep going back to the stats, but you've got to pay attention to what we already know. You can say that form's out the window, but you know we still know how good they were. Salah was massively outperforming Mane as well for stats. Mane only played five of those seven, but 28 shots Salah was getting to Mane's seven, 11 on target to Mane's three, 12 chances created to Mane's three. I suppose you could say the stats are irrelevant due to the amount of games, but looking at in comparison to the rest of the players Salah was nine shots above second place Bruno in the last six for midfielders I just think that he's going to be really explosive Liverpool have scored the most goals in 2020 granted they've played one extra game than the likes of City as well but they're going to score some goals they're going to come out flying so yeah I think you've got to look to either get them back in or, or keep them in your team Josh what are your thoughts on that? I think game week 31, I think, yeah, you definitely need to be really well covered at home to Palace. I think the Salah, Salah and Mane are going to be the two most captain players for that week. I think for this week coming up, I think, if I'm honest with you, whether you're unlimited transfers and bench boosting or whether you're free hitting, I think the only player you need to have is, is, is Trent. I think it's very difficult to fit in Salah or Mane, even one of them, alongside the likes of KDB, Aguero, Sterling, Aubameyang, etc. And it goes back to my age-old thing again of if you're not captaining them, you know, is it, is it not better to spread the funds? The great thing about them is that no one's going to be captaining them. You know, everyone is going to be on a double game week player. So it's not even like the likes of Sterling or Aubameyang who will be captained by some. So, yeah, I think Trent for this week, moving on, I think Trent and one of Salah or Mane, in my opinion. And then I think really... After the City game, they'll have the league wrapped up by then. You would have thought because they should beat Everton and Palace, and therefore I, I think he'll I think he'll start to rest them. Yep, fair enough. Let's move on because we could talk quite a lot about Liverpool. So let's move on to the next team. And so it's Leicester. Uh, they do have some good fixtures. Where have I heard mumbles that they don't have good fixtures? But I, I don't see that many options there. Josh, thoughts on Leicester? They're great. I mean, I think they're they're similar to Sheffield United, where they have they've got a lot of different options. I think Vardy, you've always got to look at. He is also currently leading the Golden Boot by two, two clear of Aubameyang. So I think he's he's, he's definitely someone that 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 needs to be in your team at points across uh, the last nine games of the season. There's some good value picks in there. So Yontu, um, Harvey Barnes. What about this um, Justin fellow? I heard heard quite a lot of rumours about him. He's going to be taken over from Pereira, I believe. Yeah, I think, well, Pereira's injured. He's not going to play at all. Um, so it sounds like Justin, I think they got him from Luton in the summer. And he obviously can't get ahead of Pereira. He's one of the best fullbacks in the league. So, yeah, 4.7 million. I think he's great value. But personally, I'd rather pay an additional point two for Sionyu, bearing in mind he's a centre-back. It's probably going to be less prone to substitutions and, and he's definitely going to start every game. But then you're looking around those options and you just think there are better options at Wolves in terms of Bolly and Sice, etc. This is why I don't think there's actually that many options from Leicester. I know you said there is, but who are you going to choose? I mean, like Barnes and Varley, probably the only two that I would consider. Madison just seems to have fallen off a cliff in terms of his output and FPL points. Tillemans, not anymore. It would be Vardy and, and Barnes, which would be in my consideration only. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, um, you know, it, you know, it's like with, with Vardy, he can brace against anyone. And I think, you know, that their, their first three games, uh, Watford away, Brighton at home, Everton away, 
then even even the fourth one, Crystal Palace home, they're pretty good fixtures. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he hauled in one of those. Yeah. Um, it gets a little bit a little bit more dicey towards the end of the season. Their last three are Sheffield United, Tottenham, and and, and Man United are going to be big games for um for the sort of European places. Those, but yeah, I think I think Vardy's always got to be in your thinking. But I think other than him, yeah, none of the rest of them are, are, are particularly key. Yeah, Rich thoughts. Yeah, I mean they weren't in the. They won 4 0 in the last game, and I think a lot of people remember that game because that was the last Premier League game we got to see where they beat Villa 4 0. But I think it's easy to forget, and I only remembered looking back through their you know, previous games, that they lost 1 0 to Norwich on a Friday night before that. And they actually hadn't won since game week 24 um, prior to that game against Villa. Yeah, so, and I know form doesn't mean anything. But they're one I'm going to be. I guess it's my partly my strategy, chip strategy. But I'd probably avoid them for now. I mean, someone like Justin sounds a bit fun, but <laughs> he's a bit expensive though for. for he's, yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's not that cheap. He's not that. Che- he's not that cheap. So yeah, I'm going to personally. I'm going to be avoiding Leicester as well. It sounds like I'm avoiding all the teams. Yeah, why not? <laughs> just don't play FPL. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, yeah. just triple up on Sheffield United. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, put all of <laughs> Sheffield United. Team. Let's move on then. Let's let's go to the next team then. So Chelsea then. So they've got some pretty good fixtures towards the end of the season as well. They have played a friendly. What's the score in the friendly, uh, Rich? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I think they played. Did they play seven one today? They played Reading. Oh, they actually played today, did they? They played today against QPR seven one. Oh, I, didn't, I did not know that. I know they a played Reading. For, um, a brace for Loftus Cheek and a brace for Billy Gilmore. Would you believe it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that was uh, quite quite exciting. Um, I know. I know they're friendly before they played Reading, didn't they, Rich? And, yeah, apparently, yeah, I, I yeah, didn't yeah. catch what the score was. Yeah, though, I think it was one nil, one nil. To, to not that I'm a Chelsea fan, but yeah, I close, just like to... <laughs> close game. Yeah, it's a close game. Yeah, only Pedro scored that one. Um, pretty, pretty embarrassing for Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, true. So, uh, Rich, thoughts on Chelsea as a whole and who to go for? They're playing Villa first game, so a lot of people looking at the likes of Pulisic, Abraham, Mount, uh, even Loftus Cheek scored a brace today, so maybe he's going to be in everyone's team now. Thoughts on them? Yeah, I'll be really interested to see that game and see what formation they play with. I do like Alonso, but I, again, I wouldn't have the guts to get him in my team without actually seeing yeah, it you know, he's starting start, games. Because yeah. I watched the game, they played Bournemouth. I watched it on TV. And, I mean, he was so attacking. He was the most attacking player on the pitch. And he's a wing-back. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's so fun to watch if you own him. But you're just waiting for that team sheet and like crossing your fingers. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, anyone else that you've considered? Um, again, Pulisic. A lot of these players, I want, I want to see them play. Um, again, Pulisic, I'd be very, very tempted with him just because he can be so explosive. I think, obviously, you mentioned earlier when Lundstrom scored and Josh had Otamendi come off the bench. But I think that was the same day that um, Pulisic scored that hat-trick against Burnley. Yeah. And yeah, he sh- he showed. I mean, his XG was very low for that hat trick, but you know, he showed he can be explosive. He does get into box. He loves a header as well. He does get to know. Just turns up in the, in the good areas, but he, he did let us down quite a lot. I think a lot of people did bring him in for that expectation, and he just let everyone down. Josh, Josh, what are your thoughts on that? Chelsea in general, yeah, great fixtures. I just think that we're a massive avoid, apart from I'd say Abraham. I think that there's so. Many options there for Lampard. Um, I think you look at, you know, midfield, they've got, uh, you know, Mount, Loftus-Cheek, William, Pedro, Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic, you know, it's just endless. And then even Alonso at the back, you're thinking, okay, 
is he going to start or is he going to play yeah. um, as Piliqueta right back, Reese James left back, then there's Emerson. It's just it's just a headache. Um, I'd say Tammy Abraham is, for me, the most locked-in option. But I, even then, Are I you, think while you, he'll start, I think he'll see reduced minutes because I think Giroud will, will, will figure. Giroud finished yeah, was prior to lockdown really strongly. Yeah, are you are you guaranteeing that um, Tammy will start the first game? Are you going to guarantee that on this podcast? <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anything in, no. uh, in you these heard it uh, here unprecedented times. Josh Patton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, I personally think that he is a part. Uh, I, I couldn't even call who's going to play in goal for us. Put it that way: is it going to be Kepa or Willie Caballero? Oh, I, yeah. I, as Pilicoreta is the number one name on the on the team sheet, and number two is Tammy Abraham. After that, it's a, it's a lottery. Yeah, something really. which I, well, something which I did spot before the pod that Jorginho is suspended. I know you said that you've got other players to play in the position. I do. I have seen stats somewhere. I don't know where it is. If someone could find it and then tweet us, but. When Chelsea play without Jorginho, they're not as good attacking, I believe. But, you know, they've just won today. Was it 7-1 in the end, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty uh, yeah. pretty decent. Uh, but um, Well, did Jorginho uh, play that game? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, he probably did, team. he probably did. And my, my theory is bang on the fact that when Jorginho doesn't play, they're not as good. But we'll, we'll see. Um, Abraham, I, yeah, he's just coming back from injury as well, isn't he? Cause he only played three matches before the end of the season, but he has been Lampard's like, you know, go-to guy normally plays nearly every single match. He is available, but he always does come off. Like you said, he is in my thoughts for my free hit team. I was joint third amongst forwards for shots in the box and big chances over the season. So he is someone I am considering right so Man United then they uh, are one of the teams that's got good fixtures towards the end of the season as well they played some friendlies they played friendly against each other Man United 4 Man United 4 apparently so Luke Shaw and Igalo scored 2 and Rashford scored 2 and Bruno Fernandes and Daniel James has scored 1 in that game they also played West Brom they lost 2-1 where Bruno Fernandes missed a penalty and scored a penalty and then they played West Brom again where Pereira scored 2 and Chong scored 1 and they won 3-1 the options here Marshall, Rashford Bruno they're the ones which we'll be considering I think but not yet I think we're going to wait they've got Tottenham and Sheffield United in the next two I think if you've got Man United players now this is where you've got to be considering whether or not you're going to be free hitting or not whether it's worth taking them out for the likes of Bruno Fernandes a lot of people have got value invested in him if they get rid of him and then they're not able to get that perfect team back with him in it uh, yeah, they're going to miss out there I think I do think that now that Rashford is back I think that is good for United and I do think think that he's going to score goals as well Josh thoughts on United I think really exciting um, I normally I'm not a fan uh, of United in recent seasons I think it's Ferguson's left when it comes to FPL but I think yeah really exciting with obviously Pogba coming back um, Rashford obviously back from injury fixture wise yeah I think first two aren't overly easy away to Spurs home to Sheffield United but after that 32 onwards is just yeah. really mm. lovely fixtures. I would just go for the triple up from 32 onwards personally. And my choice would probably be Maguire, Bruno Fernandes and Rashford, I think would probably be my ideal three. Yeah, fair enough, Rich. Um, yeah, the, the point you made about the friendly against West Brom, I think that's pretty big news because I think Rashford was on the pitch and Martial was on the pitch when Bruno took those two penalties. So it looks like Bruno's on penalties. And so I think for me, that makes him a no-brainer. You know, after this double, I would 
just get him in my team for that price and I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, yeah, and I know you and Stefan were talking about, obviously, before this whole break or enforced break happened, about the defenders. And I think that still applies. They're playing teams with, you know, not much attacking output. From 31 onwards, they've got Sheffield United, Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, Southampton. So I could see a lot of clean sheets. I'd probably look at Maguire, Wambasaka, and Bruno myself. I think the the penalty news affects Rashford quite a bit. <clears throat> a lot of his goals were penalties. I mean, maybe he'll still win them. Uh, maybe that's a reason they got a lot of penalties is because Rashford was playing. But I think it does hurt Rashford. So I'd look at the two defenders and uh, Bruno, but obviously not until this double game week's done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think that um, Marshall was definitely an option. I know he's really annoyed people in the past, but a midfielder playing up front and playing in the United team with the likes of Pogba, I do think they're gonna he's gonna provide for them whether or not you like him or not. He's still a decent player, and they're gonna have Fernandez there as well, so they're gonna have a lot of creativity behind them. I think that he's gonna be a great option. I think that he's gonna be quite overlooked by a lot of people just for the fact that he's been quite inconsistent in the past. Just looking at the last six games um, Marshall's actually top for shots in the box Bruno Fernandes top for attempts on goal with 19 Marshall behind on 17 yeah those would be the two and yeah I'd probably go Maguire as well I think Wamba Saka's got the chance of being taken out by Dallow does play right back occasionally maybe he's going to rotate with him at some point because of the amount of games they've got to play right let's move on to the next team then so we've got Wolves they've got some good fixtures as well and again Jimenez and Bolly are the two players which I don't want to take out of my team to lose that value because I know I won't be able to get them back with the other players that I want as well afterwards so they've played a friendly they did actually lose to Nottingham Forest 2-0 on the 9th of June so that's interesting what about thoughts on these players Rich anyone who you want to keep for the double game week and going forward um, going forward, so I'm not going to have any for the double game week, but going forward, Jimenez, I think he's a season keeper until we see otherwise. And apart from that, I'd look at the defenders. So we've got Doherty, he's top, you know, for shots in the box for defenders, uh, with 28. And then even Saiz is right up there in 11th for shots in the box for defenders with 14. And he's only 4.6 million. So Jimenez, Doherty, Saiz. Okay. And Josh? I think they've got loads of options. Doherty, yeah, Bolly, Saiz. Let's not forget Traore, uh, obviously Jimenez and, and Yotta, who, who could be interesting as well. One thing on Jimenez, his wife's pregnant, something to keep an eye on. Apparently the due date's the end of July, mm. um, so we sh- which is game week 38, so we should be all good. I think it's their first, so hopefully it'll be late. Interesting stuff. They are playing West Ham in a double game week, and they have got a dire defence, and most shots conceded in the last six on 115. So there is part of me that wants to keep Jimenez in my team because I can see some goals coming from him. Uh, he is in my consideration to keep for this double game week. But going forward, I'm definitely going to hang on to Bolly and Jimenez if I do free hit. And uh, I do think that um, Triway is going to be an option going forward as well. Okay, next team then. So we'll talk about Tottenham. Now, they're a difficult team because I think they need to get going, in my opinion. They've got the likes of Son coming back from injury. They've got Kane coming back from injury. So they've got their players coming back and they could be looking a good team now. But I think that they need to hit form before we start to consider them. Josh, what do you reckon? Son is a big favourite of mine. I think he'd be the main one I consider. I think Aurier is quite an interesting one, not because I really rate him as a player, but I think Mourinho plays him in a position that is quite good for FPL. 
they'd probably be my only two. I couldn't go near Harry Kane. It's he's so unpredictable and um what with his, you know, defensive midfielder duties and whatnot. <laughs> just uh no go, but I know that Rich is a fan. He's got him in his team, hasn't he? Yeah. He got you in, in your normal team, which you're free hitting. Yeah, so, and I'll be free hitting so I can get him back. I mean, I've captained him five, six times this season. He's God. only let me down twice. I know it'll surprise you, but... He's getting room. He's, 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 <laughs> it's like you It's like you and Aubameyang. Wait, <laughs> hey, yeah. you leave me and Aubameyang out of this. <laughs> and you leave me and Kane out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Although we are talking about Kane. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... I mean, yeah, I like Kane. I think he's one of those players, he's he's a differential because he is overpriced and I think that makes him hard for people to get. He's you know, if he does start performing, he's hard for people to get in. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's priced on his previous achievements in the game and he used to be an absolute force, didn't he? He's a, he's a, um, he's but he's just not the player he used to be. It's a differential because he's overpriced. Well, as in, if a player, so I quite like players that are overpriced <laughs> um, because people don't get them. And if you're Pepe. captain in that, well, I would say I wouldn't captain Pepe. Yeah, yeah he's overpriced as well. But I get your you, point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you captain someone who's overpriced, then people don't jump on quickly. I mean, I thought Vardy was overpriced early in the season, and that cost me quite heavily. So I feel like if Kane gets back to his old self, I think he could be an amazing pick. It's going to take people a while to get onto him. I mean, the season will be almost done by the time people believe it. So I'm prepared to take the risk and I'm going to captain him a few times. All right, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I can't I can't say more on that on Tottenham assets really. Uh, I'm not really keen on them at the moment. I need to see more. Right, let's move on to topic number 3 then, relegation battle. So There are a few teams in this. We've already listed Villa, but we've got Brighton, West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth, Norwich. They're all the teams in and amongst it. What are your thoughts on those teams? Any players from them which you are considering? Rich, I'll come to you first. Yeah, so out of those teams, there's only two with fixtures that are in the top 10 on the on the fixture ticker. Yeah. Um, And that's Watford and Norwich. Now, I don't like Norwich because... They've only scored um, one goal in the last five games. They scored nine goals in their first five games you know, after they beat Man City in that shock result. Mm. But then the next 24 fixtures, they've only scored 16 goals. I mean, the same amount that Vardy has scored. So <laughs> <laughs> Nor- Norwich have not been scoring. So, I mean, Pukki's a talisman, but he's a talisman for a team who can't score goals. Fair However, enough. the other team with good fixtures is Watford. And I really like Decore and Saar. So I won't go through all the stats, but they they actually fare quite similar over the season. However, Decore's first 15 games, he was playing a lot deeper. Later in the season, he's been a lot more advanced. So I actually think for 0.8 less, Decore is possibly <laughs> a better pick than Saar. Um, mm. So he'd be my pick. Okay. No one else from any of those teams which you're thinking about? Not really. I mean, I did consider David Brooks for Bournemouth. He's just returned. He looked like Too much of a know, punt though, isn't it? It's a massive punt. And I mean, Fraser's, Fraser's holding out at the moment, signing a new contract. Yeah. I don't fast. know what that team's going to be like. So in short, no, I don't really like any of the relegation teams apart from possibly Watford. Yeah, I don't like really any of them. I would go for Saar, uh, Push. What are their fixtures like? They're not amazing though, are they? I know you said they're in the top what? 10, but... For they've... Watford, yeah, they were barely top 10. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got Southampton, Norwich and Newcastle in the next five and Burnley. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Josh? Uh, definitely agree on Saar. I think Saar's interesting. Obviously, showed his pedigree against uh, Liverpool in their only loss last uh, before the break. 
Callum Wilson, terrible name to mention, I know, but is uh, is always is an interesting one to look at. Um, I think they've got some nice sort of fixtures, thirty and thirty-two. Um, so maybe if you were bent, unlimited transfers and bench boosting thirty and wild carding thirty-one, is an option um, for thirty. Um, I wouldn't carry him through much beyond that because he's on nine bookings, so he's one off ten. That cut off for ten bookings is is, is game week thirty-two. So um, if he was to get another booking, I think game week thirty or thirty-one, then he'd get a two-match ban. Um, other than that, I actually really like Norwich. We've obviously got this issue with them having um, one player who's um, unfortunately picked up coronavirus. Obviously, you'd like to think we'd we'd, we'd find out some more information on that the question is whether we'll get it before Wednesday's deadline or whether we'll get it afterwards but I really like Max Ahrens I like Campwell for his price and his home form and yeah Pookie as as Rich mentioned Um, I think yeah they've not they've obviously not been doing as well as they did at the start of the season but they've had a nice long break and therefore why can't they go back to their form that they had at the start of the season really yeah, good points, but I don't agree with. Uh, I don't agree. <laughs> the, <laughs> you make a good point about Norwich, but I, I just don't think that they're going to be good enough. They're bottom of the league for a reason. And there is someone which I, I've never considered, and I think it was Ryan Ryan Hemmings in our Slack actually mentioned him. Duda. He asked, uh, "Would you go Duda or Campwell?" And I was just like, "Well, I, you know, not really Duda." But Duda did score two goals in. I think they played Norwich against Norwich recently and yeah so he's been slowly under the radar maybe he'll be a dark horse going forward but yeah not for me right let's move on to topic number four then who is on the beach so there are a few teams here which we think are going to be on the beach or not really trying that much so Burnley Crystal Palace Everton Newcastle and Southampton I know Newcastle got some good fixtures but uh, they just don't score many goals so there's not really many players to consider there Richie was my only one that I've thought about in the slightest just a little bit too expensive but 12 attempts in the last six which is highest in line with St Maximum otherwise you know he would be a total punt there's not really anyone else from any of those teams which apart from Everton which I'm going to keep I'm going to hang on to Dominic Cabot-Lewin got to see what's going to happen with them they haven't got great fixtures towards the end of the season and I have got McCarthy for Southampton regrettably because I don't think they're going to keep any clean sheets at all what about you guys from all those teams Southampton have got horrific pictures like you mentioned um, I don't really like many of them I don't Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think he's fine to hold. I think he's, you know, he's great, great value. I think out of the lot of them, though, Newcastle might be my favourite, mainly mm. because of the fixtures. Um, I did look, and they've only scored one goal in five. Um, yeah. But Joe Linton um, has been scoring a, quite a bit in, in the friendlies. Yeah. And after 31, they play Villa, Bournemouth and West Ham. So three of the most leaky teams you know, on paper. So, I mean, obviously, we're really getting to the dregs of the barrel here. Um, despite the fact, you know, they're not going to be able to go on the beach because they won't be able to fly anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Calvert-Lewin, maybe look at someone like Joe Linton. I think there's a Oof. lot of value in their defenders, actually. So, like, Lascelles for Newcastle. Holgate's pretty cheap as well. Maybe that's where, if for serious FPL assets, that's where we could be looking at. If someone, for example, is using all their transfers this week, free transfers, bench boosting, 
Someone like Lascelles wouldn't be horrific. He's, he's actually in my team, and I totally forgot I still had him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, he's only four point three. And you, you know he's a captain, so he's going to play the games. And I think it was a couple of seasons ago that uh, he scored a few goals towards the end of that season, and he was a good asset to have. So maybe, yeah, maybe you're right there with those. Yeah, fixtures. and they follow with so after the double, they got Villa, Bournemouth, West Ham. So yeah, for for a cheap player, he could be quite useful, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Josh, um, Burnley would probably be my pick actually, just from a defensive perspective. Love Pope. Uh, had him all season, and I love Charlie Taylor. Um, just, just cheap, and they've got um, from a defensive perspective. I think um, they've got quite a good run of fixtures to start off with. Um, what f- uh, they've got, um, obviously not not thirty. They're away to City, but after that, um, it's Watford at home, Palace away, Sheffield United at home. Three games. I wouldn't even be surprised if they pulled three clean sheets off there. Um, other options you mentioned, Dominic Calvert Lewin. I just think there might be better options at the start. They've then got a fixture swing in thirty-four. If he's doing as well as he did do prior to the break, then yeah, maybe pick him up again there. Apart from that, yeah, Lascelles is a bargain. It's um, yeah, not a great deal. They are the teams that could potentially be on the beach because they've not got a great deal to play for. So for that reason, they could, if anything, be the teams to target. You know, your your captains against because they're not as motivated. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's very true. Right, let's move on to uh, topic number five then. Our double game week strategy and our team. If you listen to the last pod, we've gone into depth about uh, which strategies are possible and which ones we're considering, etc. And last pod, I've kind of given my thoughts on what I'm currently doing. I'm still in between what I'm currently doing, so I'm not fully decided on mine. So <laughs> when I said at the start, revealing our teams, this isn't necessarily our final teams. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a lie, so apologies listeners but let's come to josh first i think you're pretty set on what you're doing at the moment aren't you i know you've got a particular strategy do you want to uh, tell listeners what that is yeah i've been um from when the game opened really i was just sort of playing around and tinkering and it came to me um so i am using unlimited transfers and bench boosting uh, this week game week 30 playing my free hit game week 31 because there's some great fixtures that week, as well as obviously uh, Liverpool are at home. And then 32, I'm going back to my bench boost team. So essentially with the unlimited transfers, I've got to consider both this week and 32. And then 33, I'll be wildcarding for the last six game weeks of the season. Yeah, I remember you were an early adopter of that strategy. You came to me, or we were talking about it on uh, via WhatsApp and, and such, and that was something which I thought, wow, I've not even thought of that idea. I thought it was a great, unique idea to go with. And So what what's your team for that? My team Come. at the moment, so I'll, I'll go with my squad, seeing as it's a bench boost squad. Weirdly enough, I've got 1.6 million in the bank at the moment. I don't oh, even know what to do with it. So uh, goalkeepers Leno and Rayner, who can obviously be Nyland if we get um, any sort of an idea which one's going to start. Bulldock, Lundstrom, O'Connell, Trent, Alexander-Arnold and Doherty. Midfield five, De Bruyne, Mares, Grealish, McGinn and Saar. And then front three of Aguero, Jimenez and Puki. Um, as I say, 1.6 million in the bank. I don't really know what to do with it. Change Pookie. Yeah, Pookie. <laughs> Come on, mate. You were, list- change, change you were listing such a good team there, and then you went Pookie. <laughs> Pookie for Tammy. Pookie for Tammy is a potential yeah, way. Yeah, at least that sounds better. 
But I um I just got a feeling I like I like that first game at home. To go Savannah, with your gut, yeah. Go with your gut. Win. They've got to win, and he will be nice and refreshed. He was probably very tired. I think I agree. Yeah, go on. I've got a photo of Pookie on my wall, and I've still not got him in my team. I just I think the stats say it all. But good luck. Uh, I, I I think Josh is on something. That I think that yeah against Southampton, Pookie's you know got the potential mm. to score at least a. Well, score a brace there, so yeah, I I kind of like it, but don't at the same time. If that ever makes sense, let's let's move on. So, Rich, what's your current strategy and your team? So at the moment, I'm going to be. I've got my free hit and wild card left. My only two chips, and I think I'm going to be free hitting and then just saving the wild card for another time because I quite like my team as it is from game week 31 onwards. Obviously, with players like Harry Kane. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to be free hitting, but the only thing that would stop me doing that is if I don't know, like with this whole coronavirus thing, if we feel like more games might get postponed or fixtures might get you know changed around, then I might look at trying to keep my wild card and free hit. Um, but ignoring that, I'm going to be free hitting, and my team at the moment, so my starting eleven would be Leno, Bulldog, and O'Connell with Trent. Then I'm going to have Grealish, Sterling, De Bruyne, and Özil. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not too happy with the Trent Ozil thing. I, I think I'm going to play around with that still. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I didn't even touch on them earlier, so it shows how much I care about having them <laughs> on my team. <laughs> then I've got Aguero, Aubameyang, and McBurney. Oh, interesting. There'd be my first 11. But it, I think it needs some work with the Ozil-Trent thing. But I think yeah. the other seven or eight are pretty much locked in. Yeah. You can't knock me for having Pookie in my team when you've got McBurney up front. <laughs> I, 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 I like McBurney. I think he's a good player. You can you, you can't say it about Erzl though. I mean, he was yeah. in my last draft, but I have moved him out. I don't think I'll be moving him back in. It's so. finding another option. It's finding another option at that kind of price point. So it's like seven point three million. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult. I'm almost tempted to switch to four at the back and get someone like Doherty. I think I'd feel better about that. Yeah, this is where I've got a very similar free hit team to you. I've got Leno, then I've got Baldock and O'Connell in defence. Uh, and alongside them is Bellerin, because I think that he's going to start both games. He's our vice-captain. I just think oh, maybe he'll get something, just something crazy. He gets a random goal against just the most random team. So... He, he could get a goal or something stupid. And, uh, you know, I just think, well, you've got to have a punt or, or so in your team. And then I've got Sterling, Grealish, De Bruyne and Fleck, who Josh really doesn't like. So that, uh, I have changed around him between him, Mares, and then Aguero and McBurney. But up front, I've got Aubameyang, Aguero and Abraham at the moment. But, you know, as I've mentioned just now, things could change. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know take that with a pinch of salt uh, so on my one but it sounds like josh is uh pretty set and you sound pretty set as well rich maybe you've got a few things that you're going to change uh, so, uh, uh, so, yeah yeah so yeah look out for it on uh in our slacker on twitter so uh we'll be coming to a tweet near you right so we'll move on to the questions then so We've got a long pod here, but we'll try and whip through some of these. Apologies if we don't get to yours. But we've got one here from FPL Dave at FPL Dave. He's put, what's a good balance between single game week and double game week players if you aren't free hitting slash wildcarding after the game week? Now, I know Stefan's got a pretty good team because he's having to do the same thing. He has got a fair amount of single game week players, but he's got a good amount of double game week players. I'm not sure how many. I think it was like... Three or four. Uh, I'll, I'll check that. What do you guys reckon on this? Just going to check his team. 
Um, I'd look to get, say, seven or eight double game weekers. So three City, three Sheffield United, maybe Grealish, Leno. And then maybe players we touched on before, like you can chuck in some fodder like Lascelles, who's got good fixtures afterwards. Cantwell as well, just because players like Lascelles and Cantwell are cheap, but they still do you good for these good fixtures. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd look at something like that. Seven or eight doublers, Lascelles, Cantwell. Yeah, Josh? Yeah, spot on. Exactly what I was going to say. I think it also depends on whether you're playing the bench boost or not. But I think, yeah, you just got to cover the essential. And, and that's definitely three three City, Leno, your Sheffield United defenders and Grealish, really. Yeah, so I'm looking at Stefan's team, he's got seven single game week players and the rest of the double game week. So he's kind of, you know, half and half, really. So interesting on that. Now let's move on to the next question then. So FPL Pooch at FPL underscore Pooch saying, how much were the player price changes following everyone's big unlimited transfer tinkering trip up managers planning transfers for the remaining game weeks? We'll come to you on this one, Josh. Well, it's a really interesting point. While, you know, I'm super excited about using them, the unlimited transfers and playing my bench boost, I'm probably getting, losing one to 1.5 million worth of value among, you know, throughout my squad in total. So that is one big benefit of, of playing the free hit. You, you get players back at, you know, whether it was base or, or, or lower than whatever they are now. But I just, feel I have to pay the bench boost this week personally yeah okay uh, anything to say on that one Rich no I mean I'm, I'm, I'm I feel the same about it I, I've not got bench boost so it's made it easier but I don't want to be li- using these free transfers because I'll lose yeah a million plus yeah and because I mean while it's nearly the end of the season there's still what eight game weeks left it's it's quite a long time yeah, I agree. With that. I do think the value is important. I mean, my val- team value is terrible, so I, I, doing that will mean that I won't be able to have the the good players like this guy, who's our next question, who I kind of hate a little bit because his team value is ridiculous. Jossie at FPL Jossie got a question here. He's saying, let's hear if the panelists believe that Orba is worth the investment when holding someone like Jimenez allows a much stronger defence, including Alonso, which Alonso is a question mark over him. And he's a, a bench booster. So I do think that Orba is worth it. I think that he is going to score within these next two game weeks. And it just depends how many for me. I am a believer in Orba for these double game weeks. I have been in the past and it's really scuppered me. But, you know, you've got to have some faith in something, don't you, Josh? Jimenez all the way for me. (laughs) Jimenez, spread the funds. He's got a great fixture this week. He's got a great fixture 30 he's got uh, sorry 31 and he's got a great fixture 32 I'd, I'd definitely be be plowing the money into the stronger defense but don't go for Alonso oh. I think Alonso could do really really well this week if he if he starts um but on from there it's it's a bit of a, a lottery as I say with all the other options yeah Rich yeah I think with Jossie's transfer value he should just go for Aubameyang <laughs> clearly you can afford him and Arsenal's fixtures are actually just as good in the in the short term in the next three game weeks. So despite what I said about Aubameyang earlier, with that kind of transfer value, I'll ju- I'll just go for Aubameyang, you know, as, as a as a pick to protect your rank, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Right, let, let's go over some quick questions here then. So uh, apologies if we don't get to your questions as I mentioned, but we'll just answer some quick ones. At FPL Vadia has put in Aubameyang or Sterling. So Josh. You're torn between the two of those. You don't like either of them. 
I mean, it's simple as you go have three city, so Sterling for that reason. All right, you can leave the podcast now, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and Rich, what were your thoughts of Amiens um, Sterling? I'll also be leaving because I'm going, <laughs> going for Sterling. <laughs> uh, and what about Saka or Cantwell? Cantwell, without a doubt. You nailed. Hate, you nailed. hate Arsenal. Typical Chelsea fan. <laughs> he's nailed. He's got a great, um, great first uh, first game, and um, his home form has been fantastic this season. Who knows what's going to happen with Saka? If he's going to play, or if he is, if he's going to play left back. Loving Norwich at the moment. What about you, Rich? I'd, I'd go for Saka if you're using chips, so to enjoy the double game week. But I guess if it's more long term, I think you've got to go Campwell. Okay, yeah. I think I'll go Aubameyang and Saka for them. No bias. Right, next question. So is Abu at FPL BPS. He's put one week punt, Ozil plus Edison or Laporte plus Pulisic. I would go Laporte plus Pulisic. I think that if Pulisic gets some game time against Villa then there is a potential that he could actually score big. So I think that is a good punt. What about you, Rich? Oh, I'd go Ozil and Edison. Um, but <laughs> Disagreeing with the Iceman day, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't really like either. I wouldn't want to go for Edison. I'd, yes, it's a tricky one because like we touched on earlier, I'd want those three Man City attackers and both of these don't allow you to have that. Yeah, true. Josh? I don't like either combination, if I'm honest. Um, but I would go Ozil and Edison purely because I don't think Pulisic will start the first game. Oh, fair enough. Right. That is it for the questions. Thank you very much. Then we're going to jump off the Iceman's Piss. We will be right back. And welcome back from the Iceman's Piss Break. We're just going to finish with Traptons. Again, it's not really Traptons because we're not doing transfers. Well, we're doing hundreds of transfers. But we're mainly going to focus on the captains now because we've already listed our team. So, Rich, going to come to you first. Who is your captain for game week 30? While we've been speaking, it's actually changed my mind. I Mm, think because of minutes, I'm going to go for Sterling. (gasps) Yeah. It's just talking out loud with you two. It's just made me think it might be safer as Aguero, despite all the good memories I have of Aguero. Yeah, I think Sterling's going to be really raring to go. He started uh, the start of the season really well. You know, he got a hat-trick against West Ham. So mm-hmm. I think he's got potential. Maybe he's one of these players who needs a rest and then to prepare himself for these games. So against Arsenal, I can see a hat-trick. Can't wait. No. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Josh? I'm 50-50. I think it's the the ceiling of Aguero versus the floor of KDB. Simple as that, really. Uh, KDB should get more minutes and, you know, we'll definitely do something. But I just think I can't not go for Aguero, really. It's just the excitement factor. Do you know, I'm tempted on Aubameyang. I think if I do have Aguero, I think I will... I will captain him because even if he gets 60 minutes, you can still see some goals there. But something about me just wants to be an idiot and go for a Bamiang. He's bound to get a goal, surely. I'll keep saying that to myself as I go, go to <laughs> this sleep. Was your, this was the story of your season in the slack where you just 
just holding on to a Bamiang <laughs> week after <laughs> week. <laughs> Remember when I captained him at uh, Sheffield United and I was actually there watching it and yeah. I was just like, why, why have I done this? <laughs> the prince said to me, he said, you, you will be driving back to London, even though I'll drive back to Southampton, you'll be driving back to London sad. And I was like, yeah, you're definitely right. <laughs> yeah. And it could happen again, but there's part of me which wants to risk it. I'm so low down at the moment. It's almost like, well, if I just go with the rest of the crowd... The, uh, actually, it brings me back to why I'm kind of going for the free hit as well. Another reason which I, I've considered is because if I'm going to have the wild card in my back pocket, it's kind of a, a differential to everyone else. At the moment, everyone's going to be free hitting or bench boosting. And they're kind of going to be around the same similar points. So if I do the same, uh, I know a lot, not a lot of people with a wild card are free hitting. So if I've got that wild card in my back pocket, it's like an extra differential thing which i can do later on in the season so that's something which i have considered as well with my my strategy but yeah we've kind of gone into that a bit too much now and we've got a massive pod so i'm gonna thank rich and josh for joining me today appreciate it guys how can people find your channels or twitter etc where are you at um you can follow me on twitter at flapjack fpl um and that's it i haven't got any channels or anything so let's go for that (laughs) (laughs) very active on there and what about you josh uh, just simply at Josh Paxman, J-O-S-H-P-A-X-M-A-N, simple as that. Yep, follow them both. They both know exactly what they're talking about. They've got some great stuff. So if you like what you heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Join our mini league. The code is CCCJK2. We've got a website, fplsurgery.com. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Twitter, at FPL Surgery. And you can email me, info at fplsurgery.com. So good luck, everyone in form in your teams remember that there isn't just one route to do it and up the pod up the pod pod. yeah i'm i'm not a massive fan fan of villa myself there's two double key two double don't let me start again go on rich um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Right, don't worry. Oh, I was just going to say Billy Sharp's pretty old. So it wasn't, it wasn't that, um, <laughs> that useful a contribution. And he's probably not that much older than me, so I'll be quiet. <laughs> but as they all say, nice. Billy Sharp scores goals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been yeah. saying that for a while. <laughs> Burnley, Crystal Palace, Everton and Newcastle. So I know Newcastle not got terrible fixtures but they're just a terrible team one thing i did notice from uh newcastle oh sorry i'll do that again you missed out southampton yeah i just realized that (laughs)